What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It gives me great pleasure to welcome you back once again to Fighting Fire with Fire, the AJ Rose Show. Time of recording. It is Thursday, August 18th. It is 5.33 p.m. August. That's August 18th, 2022. For those keeping track, I am your host, AJ Rose, and today we are going to talk about things that start with the letter B. Those are our headlines. A couple of them are a little outdated, but I wanted to get to them anyway. They are, in this order, we're going to talk about Bill Russell, the late, great Bill Russell. We are going to talk about Beyonce and her new album, Renaissance. We're going to talk about blockbuster summer movies, specifically Nope and Top Gun Maverick. And then we are going to talk about baseball a tiny bit. Yes, that's right. Baseball. Okay? I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, the weather has been much better and much less hot and humid in Boston over the last couple of weeks. I am thankful for that. And uh, I am also thankful that Bill Russell, one of the great athletes in the history of the world, who passed away a couple weeks ago, got to get his flowers and sort of feel the love and feel the appreciation for his life and his work before he passed. Not every great athlete or every great person gets to have their flowers like that and it was very special for Bill Russell to get that I think that anything that I might say about Bill Russell's achievements has already been said by many people across many platforms and in many mediums and it goes to show that it's sort of impossible to overstate Bill Russell's achievements from the 11 titles in 13 years the five MVPs getting the finals MVP trophy named after him his advocacy for civil rights, his his uh, the strike he did for the NBA All Star Game, and the perseverance in the face of some really awful um, forms of uh, racism and bigotry that and prejudice that that was just rampant uh, in the time period he played in, and he was not only a all time great player and person but he was a great old guy he had a great laugh he had a great white beard he one of those signature things that i think people my age will remember him by is a clip from uncle drew 2 the thing where kyrie irving would put on old man makeup and go to a basketball court and pretend to be an old man and then start dribbling all over the place on people and at the beginning of uncle drew 2 on youtube uh, it's Kyrie as an old man, as Uncle Drew sitting next to Bill Russell. And Bill Russell delivers a line that always cracks me up, and his delivery of it is incredible. What people got to realize is that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. So the letter B, buckets. Uh, it, it's, it's very satisfying to hear Bill Russell say that even though he was not a scorer first or second or third really he was a rebounder and a passer and a leader uh, before anything else and I still think that he would have found a way with today and people argue about how players from especially the pre-merger era you know the 50s and 60s how they would fare today it's hard to imagine Bill Russell not finding his way finding his way to be a very effective basketball player and leader of men 
even in today's game, especially if he was granted the nutrition and the footwear and the just the technologies that we have now that all the players have access to now. Bill Russell, uh, my dad still goes and sees the statue of Bill Russell before every big Celtics game, the one that's by City Hall. It's a great statue. I really like it. And, uh, you know, what, what, what else can you say? What a titanic achievement. I think the word is thrown around a lot. Bill Russell's a legend. A legend. And I'm, I'm really happy that we celebrated him before he left, and now we celebrate him as he's passed on. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. The other thing, the other, you know, another person who I'm pre- I can pretty safely call a legend at this point is Miss Beyonce Knowles and her seventh studio solo album, to say nothing of her tremendous achievements with Destiny's Child. Her seventh solo album, Renaissance, came out a couple weeks ago, and it's really good. And most people, most musical artists, whether they're solo acts or bands, who have had the success that Beyonce's had with the first six albums, what I think we all have to understand is that anything we get from Beyonce going forward at this point is all gravy. She's already had one of the great musical careers of her generation and of most generations. And the fact that after... I think a lot of people would say her two previous albums, 2013's self-titled Beyonce album and then 2016's Lemonade, were the artistic peak of her career, even though her first five, excuse me, her first four albums, I think it's Dangerously in Love in 03, B-Day in 06, I Am Sasha Fierce in 08, and 4 in 2011, all of those are littered with great, uh, great to all-time great pop songs and R&B songs. And just, just... The, the 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 playlist you could make of Beyonce's best songs is outrageously long, but this album, she managed to do something different and surprise us even this far into her career. And what it was for me, and I don't know why I'm surprised by this. I don't know why I sort of had expectations. I don't know what my expectations were really, but they were not for Beyonce to make an hour-long get yourself sweaty and throw your body around vigorously in the club music for an hour straight and that's what this is there is no rest or break with this album there are some beautiful transitions between songs it almost feels like a dj set as a dj i was like well this kind of makes my job easy i can just click play at the beginning of renaissance and let it play for an hour and people are like oh great job dj no i'm just playing this album man it i particularly love the transition between plastic off the sofa and virgo's groove which I'd say Virgo's Groove is probably my favorite song on the album, although I really like Heated. Heated. And just, I'm very, very happy that she still has that much creative energy and and just the fire still in her because I wouldn't begrudge anybody of Beyonce's success level and with a family to, to not have her fastball still, but she still clearly does. And I I... I even like that single "Break My Soul" a little bit more than I did. I still, I still don't love "Break My Soul," um, but I, I really like the album as a concept and the execution of it. It's the production is excellent, and it just goes so hard. I'm, I start to break a sweat just listening to it lying in my bed. I'm like, oh my god, I need to be somewhere where this huge speakers are blasting this into my ear, and I'm like 
dancing really, really hard. <laughs> that's that's what this album uh, sort of sounds like to me. And you know, is it is it Beyonce's best album? Is it my favorite album of hers? No, I I think my favorite is always going to be Lemonade. Uh, the variety of songs on it and how how there are just pretty much no skips on the whole thing. It's so the brevity of it, but it's still worth a listen and will be worth a listen throughout the remaining months of 2022 going to I'm going to dance to it really hard. I'm going to incorporate some of those songs into my DJ sets and it's 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 all very exciting. I'm so thank you. Thank you to to Beyoncé Knowles and her whole team and everybody who worked on the album cuz it's really good and that's that's very nice. I think I've talked before on this podcast about who some of the most important and influential musical artists of the 21st century are. Kanye West, Taylor Swift, Kendrick Lamar, Frank Ocean. I think ultimately uh, with the way that uh, the last couple of years have gone for Kanye, that the answer to that question, who the most important and influential musical artist of the 21st century is, it probably is Beyonce. And, you know, she's worthy of that. Very, very worthy of that. And I think she should come back and do the Super Bowl halftime show again and just do songs from this album and just make turn it into a club party in the middle of the Super Bowl. Um I think I think that's all we need to say about Renaissance. Please go listen to Beyonce's seventh album, Renaissance, front to back, and let us let us know what you think and what what your favorite songs are. The other thing I want to talk about uh, is big blockbuster summer movies because I got back into the movie theater and I hadn't been in a while. And a couple months ago, I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was wonderful. I saw it back to back days. I think in what was it February, March? When did that come out? I forget. I forget. Time is a flat circle. But that movie was very, very good. And then much more recently, I saw Jordan Peele's third movie, Nope. Shout out to the homeboy Dan Perez, who we have been next to each other in the movie theater for all opening weekend for all three of Jordan Peele's movies. They kick ass in the theater. They are meant to be seen in the theater. I think Jordan Peele, Christopher Nolan, uh, a very, very select few directors are sort of must see in the theater type directors and Peel absolutely falls into that category. I liked Nope a lot, even though it's not as sort of easy to appreciate its greatness as something like Get Out. Uh, and it's not as sort of pulse pounding as us, I don't think, but it it's really good. It's unique. He's coming into his own as a director so well. I want to do a more in-depth spoilerific pod perhaps with our homeboy in front of the pod, Dan Perez, about it. But uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer's performances are wonderful, and Stephen Yoon, and you know, for people who don't know what Nope's about, it's essentially an alien western. It's 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 a combination of those two things, and it's handled wonderfully. It's directed wonderfully. It looks just so gorgeous, and I. I just want Jordan Peele to keep making movies. I also think that people read into subtexts of things a lot, especially Jordan Peele's movies. And I understand why he, he he's a person with a lot to say on a lot of levels. But to me, my, I, I like taking stuff like that, especially something as thrilling and just exciting as Nope, especially the last half hour of Nope, just as it's a wonderful spectacle it's a spectacle, you know, and there's 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 layers to things. There's layers to most things uh, as far as directors and their movies. Although I would say that Peel's counterpart, Christopher Nolan, is all spectacle and less of the substance that goes along with it. Uh, Christopher Nolan catching strays on this pod. But Jordan Peel 
is expert, is an expert, master craftsman at directing a movie that's really, really fun and entertaining to see in the theater. I will, as long as there are movie theaters and there are Jordan Peele movies, I will be there opening weekend, wherever I am in the world, to see his movies. I really, really recommend Nope. Um, and I think it'll probably be a springboard for Kiki Palmer, and who's who I remember in Aquila and the Bee when I was a kid, and she's been relevant but has never been a movie star, and I hope that this is what makes her a movie star because that'd be cool, and she deserves it, and she's very good. The other movie that I saw was excellent in a totally different way because unlike Nope, which is this original piece of IP, Top Gun Maverick is a sequel to a big, big blockbuster summer movie that came out in, what, 1986? And so 36 years later, Tom Cruise, whose hair is still black somehow, is back at it again as Maverick and flying these planes with uh, the next generation. And it's a movie that is very I can't believe that it was going to come out on streaming services or something over COVID and Tom Cruise was like no we're holding this off we're releasing this in theaters because that's the way it's meant to be seen and Tom Cruise was right and Tom Cruise is somebody I never would want to meet in person is probably just you know a wacko Scientologist but man oh man is he good at acting and he's really good at being Maverick and the other performances in the movie Jennifer Connelly and Miles Teller and John Hamm, Ed Harris for a brief scene. Um, it, all the performances are really good. And the actual planes and the flying of the planes is incredibly exciting. I think they went up in the planes. And <clears throat> I, I, it's very good and is not insulting. It's, it's not problematic and is expertly crafted as so but particularly this is the only thing I'll spoil this so it's the spoiler alert for people who have not seen Top Gun Maverick the spoiler alert is that there is an incredibly moving scene and this is this is what Top Gun takes advantage of the fact that it's 36 years later for some of these people and the the rivals in the first movie Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer 36 years later have another scene as Maverick and Iceman and Val Kilmer, of course, has, I think, an advanced form of throat cancer and can't really talk. And they have a scene where Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer meet and Val Kilmer's typing his responses as part of the conversation. And just thinking about the two of them and their relationship and their careers over the last three and a half decades is moving. And I got choked up in the theater thinking about Val Kilmer and his career and Tom Cruise and his career and where they're at and that they get to have this moment all those years later and it was it was very affecting and very moving it's a good movie there's just no i i i don't know there i think there are people who aren't going to like nope maybe for various reasons for expectations or this and that it's it's a little harder to understand but it's really good top gun i don't see how anybody could watch it and be like that's a bad movie it's really good it's a good old time it is a summer blockbuster in every definition of the word, everybody's got the the aviator glasses and the bomber jackets and the planes and the sunshine and there's singing and it's it's really good, man. Uh, I ride, you know, I don't think it's in the theater anymore, but if it is, you could go see it. If Nope is still in the theater, you could go see it. And uh, it's it's I I would love for summers in the future, as long as we still have movies, for the biggest movies and these big hits, because Top Gun Maverick's a huge hit, the biggest hit of Tom Cruise's career, one point two billion. 
I'd like for people to go see movies that are not <laughs> MCU movies or second, third, fourth sequels to things. And and granted, Top Gun Maverick's a sequel, but I'd much rather have Top Gun Maverick make one point two billion than the latest MCU or DCEU movie. And last but not least, we will talk briefly, very briefly, about baseball. Because I do not like baseball as a sport, and that's okay. I really like the baseball playoffs as a sport. I do not like the 162-game, six-month slog that is the baseball regular season, especially when the Red Sox are 59-59 and 59 at, this, at this moment and, and not a very consequential baseball team. <laughs> but I did go to Fenway Park last week, and man, oh, man, is that still the best. And I hope that, I believe across the MLB, attendance was up a couple weeks ago and and, and some ratings were higher than they'd been in several years. And that's a good sign uh, on a number of fronts. But I just hope that people go to the ballpark, especially if you live in Boston, to go to Fenway um, at least a couple times a year when you can. And that, you know, it's nice to see the Orioles who are competing for a playoff spot have Camden Yards full. The only other ballpark I've been to is Camden Yards. Beautiful ballpark. I like the experience of every of lots of people sitting in a baseball park together. That's really fun. No matter what the hell they're doing, even if they weren't playing a baseball game, it'd still be if they were mowing grass, it'd still be just as fun, pretty much. Um, but there's nothing quite like the din, the dull roar of thousands, tens of thousands, really, of people in a ballpark having a good time on a summer's eve. It's so nice. It's one of the great pleasures uh, that this Bostonian has had all summer. So I hope everybody's doing well. We are, you know, approaching the 18-minute mark of this podcast. I think that'll do it for me today. I think the next pod that we'll do, I'd like to have a guest on, whether that guest is in person or through Zoom. And we will talk about lots of things. Maybe it'll be an NFL preview pod. Maybe it'll be a deep dive on, on Renaissance or on Nope or something like that. Uh, perhaps it'll be looking forward to the NBA season, which will, you know, that, that's, that's still a ways away. I think a football pod is in order. Really. We could talk about the, uh, upcoming NFL season and the fact that I am essentially no longer a Patriots fan and that's kind of liberating in its own right. And just to have fun watching the incredible football talent every Sunday, even though we're complicit in the evil that is the NFL, (laughs) but as always, you can listen to all episodes of Fighting Fire with Fire at soundcloud.com slash fire. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, I believe on Google Play. And I, I, I thank everybody for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful morning, afternoon, night, whatever time. A good now. Whatever time it is now, be well. And uh, fuck Mitch McConnell. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Cheers.